live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Welcome to Meet in the Middle Chronicles. I'm Sam Collins. And I'm Norman Papoose. We met in an office and discovered that despite each of us consistently voting for different political parties, we shared a common goal of leaving our kids a better world. When we started talking to each other, we found that we could meet in the middle on many issues that face our nation. That got us wondering, why can't our elected representatives agree? Find the middle on issues. I don't give up my values when I compromise, and neither does Sam. But we know that compromise serves our kids better than what we see in the current political atmosphere. We had a successful radio show, then the Chinese bought the station. But we got with the times, and now we have a podcast. Welcome to Meet in the Middle. Today, we're going to cover conservative columnist George Will, who left the Republican Party after nominated Trump in 2016. We're going to talk about the... Orders from the Houston mayor who wants to find people and stick them in jail if they don't wear a mask and how that uh, jives with the left's position of uh, no bail. And uh, we're going to also talk about um, a real estate investment firm that got m- m- much more than their share of money. And the way they did it is kind of kind of uh, indicative of the times that we live in and something that everybody meets in the middle on. And then we're going to talk about the chairman of Southern Newspapers responding to my guest column in the Galveston Daily News. But first, Sam, welcome back. Well, I, I like I your mask. A face shield and everything. Uh, we're all masked up here at the studio, so we are uh, practicing safe distancing and uh, following the rules with regards to uh, keeping our uh, nose and mouth and, and, for me, even my eyes covered. Uh, one of the things that I want to remind everyone at the beginning of the show, uh, and I will again at the end, is complete the 2020 census uh, report online. If you're at home, uh, it only takes about five minutes online. Uh, everyone needs to be counted. Uh, so please complete the census report. Uh, at the beginning here, we want to talk a little bit about our, our families and uh, how the uh, COVID-19 has affected our families for Uh, Me, my wife's a teacher, third grade, and uh, my son's in the fifth grade, so they're both uh, learning to uh, go to school at home and teach at home. Uh, How's it been been for for your wife with uh, the distance learning stuff? uh, Over uh, with her class over in Galveston, it's been a little challenging. Not all the kids have internet access, and some of them are having trouble getting online and completing things, uh, so they have to have hard copies of assignments that they pick up from the school. Uh, that's a time period that they're allowed to go by the school and pick up assignments and then they have to turn them in Uh, some are trying to do both online and uh, the physical copy so uh, this is a new normal for everyone Uh, one of the things that is being adjusted for summer school uh, they've already decided they're going to do that remotely so the kids will not those that needed summer school will not be going back to the buildings and the teachers will only be teaching two hours a day. So uh, instead of having to pay the full amount for them to be there uh, through the summer, they're only going to uh, give them like 10 hours a week, two mm. hours a day, five days. So how many hours would they normally be in for? I think that some school, they're half a day, four hours. Okay, uh, so, so they're cutting teacher pay in half during the summer is what they're yeah, doing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think remotely with the parents, sometimes parents are texting and calling at – 
in the evenings and night. I think Doris got a, a, a text after 10 o'clock the other night, and uh, and I understand parents are trying to get in touch with the teachers, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have some set hours not to disrupt your life. So, yeah, you know, besides that, for me, uh, I, I've been doing okay. I work remotely by myself, so most of my uh, business, I, I talk to my clients over the phone. So it, it hasn't... Uh, affected my business as much so what about yourself and your family well yeah you know uh, the, the i have one third grade one in seventh grade and uh the seventh grader uh his remote stuff was already kind of set up so that he they kind of moved to it you know pretty seamlessly however the third grade was much more difficult and the the school district uh ran a Uh, they, they they tried to create take, they took a uh, a platform called it's learning uh, CCISD did and then I, I don't think they really thought it through I think that uh, the teachers don't like it uh, the parents don't like it and one of the reasons the parents don't like it is because it's too complex and if you can't use it what good is it uh, I'll give you a great example when we signed our our third grader on. And then we tried to sign him off and sign the seventh grader on for his studies. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You can't have two people signing on through the same portal. Wow. So they, they sent me back a message saying, well, you have to set up a new user in your, on, on your Google thing, and this is so how you do it. a parent with three or four kids would have to have three or four user yes. IDs. Yeah. And I was like, no, this, you, know, the, you fix this. You know, and, but what we ended up doing was the, the seventh grader just works on, the other, on another computer, and, yeah. and that solved the problem. But the teachers have been great. I can't, t- I can't say enough about the teachers and the effort they've put in. And some of them, like, especially in the elementary schools, when they don't use a lot of computers like you do at junior high, the elementary school teachers weren't prepared for this. This wasn't part of their thing, and they had to really um, fast forward on all their efforts, and they did, and they've been absolutely fabulous with emails and chats and everything else. Yeah, I've uh, watched uh, uh, Spencer interact with his classmates through uh, like a Zoom video, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and the teachers. Some of the teachers were having some challenges getting caught up with the uh, technology, uh, but um, he starts at about eight. Uh, they stay on with instruction thirty, forty-five minutes. Give them an assignment. And basically, uh, one class an hour, and yeah. sometimes if a teacher is not not there, maybe two hours. So we may have an eight, yeah. ten, and then twelve o'clock. But our teachers are doing it self pace, and the, uh, the, this is the danger of that. My kids think it's summer break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, with Spencer, it's, it's pretty structured. So at eight a.m. every morning, he's uh, he, I get him up uh, before, get him some breakfast, toast, or something. And then uh, at 8 a.m., he signs on himself. He, he knows how to get into the class and everything. And, of course, he's in the fifth grade, and I know it's different levels. Kids will be able to uh, embrace the technology. Mm-hmm. But he, he – uh, a couple of classes kind of born. He has a, a, a writing class where, you know, they talk about poetry and things. He, mm-hmm. he, he's bored to death in that one. That would not, be too. Not only him, all, all of the kids. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the challenge. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, you say you have an interesting tale here? Yeah, uh, uh, but first I, 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 got, I got to tell this quick story of personal, how it affected me. So as you know, I moved my mom down here from Virginia, yeah. you know, to stay in an independent living facility, which is really nice. It's about 15 minutes from here. And uh, she got down here March 15th. By March 18th, she was locked in. And if she leaves, she has to, be, she has to basically quarantine herself in her apartment for two weeks. So we got her down here on March 15th. We've seen her twice. 
Wow. And she's she's there, you know, just nobody can leave and nobody can come in. I can I'm drop call, stuff I'm off. I'm going to call Adult Protective front door. Services on you, know. It's not my choice. <laughs> not my choice. But, you know, I will Get say this. Get your mom this. down here and don't visit her. Yeah. Poor, terrible son. Oh, I, I talk to her every day. <laughs> um, but here's the other thing. I, I had three friends who got this. None wow. of them in the States. All of them were in Europe. And uh, one of them r- was really bad. I mean, he said he lost... Uh, he he lost I think twenty pounds in two weeks. Well, unfortunately, I had a guy I went to college with, forty eight years old, that did pass away in, in New York. He was uh, Dave Edwards. He was a superstar basketball player there at Texas A and M, uh, and I ate in the cafeteria with him, walked across campus, laughed, went to see him play many times, and. Uh, the fact that he he was my age uh, was really kind of scary. It hit mm-hmm. home because at first, of course, they were saying it was just seniors being affected, but uh, that let me know that um, it's very real and, and it just depends on how your body reacts to it and how severe the uh, uh, contagion that right. you well, – the, the, the virus has different levels uh, that it affects different people. So yeah. I guess it's not all the same. And yeah. My, my mantra through all of this has been, we don't know what we don't know. We don't. And uh, my dad was a doctor. And the one thing I do know is I listen to doctors. So no matter what the politicians say about open this and that, I'm listening to the doctors. Or inject this and that. I'm not going to go there with you right now. But uh, don't, don't. <laughs> listen to Just the don't. doctors, please. Just, don't. Just don't. listen don't. to the doctors. Listen to Mr. Yuck. Y'all remember Mr. Yuck from the early 70s? Yes. If you see the green sticker, don't do it. You learned um, that in pre-K. Yeah. But I, I got a really interesting story that you're not going to hear anywhere else that's very newsworthy about this whole thing that involves... I can't I can't uh, identify the people or institutions involved, but I'm very close with somebody who uh, is in the industry of supplying medical gear, you know, what they call personal protective equipment and a lot of other things. And this person uh, routinely would speak to manufacturers in China and that, you know, maybe that would happen once or twice a year. Well, of course, when this all started, they were on the phone to China two or three times a day. And in the beginning, uh, this person was telling me that the specifically a face mask manufacturer who she knew, now I, I kind of said the, the gender, but <laughs> they knew the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, head of the plant over there in China. And the plant had told her that the masks were being confiscated as they were because the plant was shut down for like two weeks because of the you know lock-in mm-hmm. in China, and when they started back up, all the product was being confiscated by the communist military. Wow! And this is not some kind of right-wing conspiracy thing. I mean, this person is very even-keeled. Um, you know, a purple I, purple person. Yeah, right in the I middle mean, with us. and and they said none of it was hitting the ships. You know, hitting the ports, but eventually it did start hitting the ports after they confiscated, I guess, what they thought they they, they wanted as much as they needed. Fast forward a week, a uh, close friend of mine who I've known for a long time is head of a large department at a major university hospital, teaching hospital. I've known this guy for 45 years. Uh, I'm he tell he tells me about the what they're going through at this hospital. And that basically they're out of masks. 
they're getting each of the healthcare workers was getting one mask and being told and and hand on a bible they were being told you have to make this mask last the week mm. okay so he's telling me this and, and, he, and he laughingly says you didn't know anybody could get me you know a hundred thousand masks do you and i said well yeah actually i do so i put the two people i knew together and uh they kept ceasing me on emails and a deal got done from china to this major university hospital here in the united states for fifty thousand masks and uh, i got to see all this you know back and forth international transaction it was really interesting because the manufacturers in china who normally would would sell to somebody in the united states then go to the distributor then go out to the end users which were the hospitals the manufacturers in china were direct shipping all this past month, six weeks, mm-hmm. they have been direct shipping to the end user. Mm. You know, the, the not di- a lot of the middle yeah. man people. Well, the one thing uh, that this has taught us, I believe, is that we need to be independent. We should be making our mask at home. Uh, and uh, medicines. We, and yeah, A lot of things, you know, yeah. not just the mask, but why would we be dependent on a foreign nation to supply a needed... Uh, uh, Thing like the mask, like you say, medicine, a lot of other things. We, dear America, uh, purple, red, blue, we need to all agree on this that we should be able to feed ourselves, we should have our own medicine, and we should have our own protective gear. We bring cannot the, be dependent. Bring on the jobs else. and manufacturing back to America. Now, who said that? Hmm. Yes. It, it, I don't know. Remind <laughs> me. All right. Let's get into a conservative columnist, George F. Will, who left the Republican Party after it nominated Trump in 2016, explains to Lawrence o- O'Donnell why Republican lawmakers are standing by Trump and the long-term damage he thinks Trump is doing to America's civic culture. It's fascinating, Lawrence, that one of the things that protects Mr. Trump in this uh, proceeding is people listen to this litany of his coarse and vulgar and, and abusive behavior, and they say, well, of course. <laughs> yes. uh, we, we knew this in 2015. We knew it on Election Day in 2016. He promised to behave like this. We can't impeach him for keeping his promise to be boorish. You know, when I saw this article or this story, uh, you know, I thought about uh, Will being a Republican, and I know y'all have said he's he's left, so he's not a Republican anymore, and maybe uh, the Republican Party didn't really claim him. But I, I think there is criticism of some of the things that the uh, uh, president has done. For me, I w- the the reason I was pointing this out is that I believe that there is criticism from individuals on the right or formerly on the right that are saying that uh, the president has put us in a uh, a very bad situation with some of the things that he's done and and some of the people that are are diehard supporters uh i just it's just astounding to me that they're not shaken by any of the things that he does and maybe you can explain it different maybe they are shaken by some of the things he does well but it's not just it's just not just simply his tweets or behavior define they uh his base that that will not leave him no matter what he says or does. But, but that's the definition of a base. You know, Barack Obama had that same base. Well, I guess both parties have a base. Uh, but when do we get to the point of some of the, I guess, the independents or enough people in the in the middle? Because you're never going to change the base. So 
in the Democratic primary, of course, uh, Biden had to have the 90% support of the African-American community. That's a base. They're not mm-hmm. changing or moving. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to swing them. Uh, but for individuals uh, in the middle that are maybe trying to make up their mind, I was just surprised that there are more. It seems to me there are more and more Republicans or former Republicans turning against the president. I don't think there are more Republicans turning against the president. I, I think it's pretty much stayed consistent. But here's the problem with the left embracing the Republican traitors. The problem with that is these Republican traitors started before he was even elected. And so now they expect to come forward as saying, I'm a Republican and I'm going to you know, criticize the president and you should listen to me because my comments are more valid because I am a Republican. But you know something? When a candidate goes through the primary process and vanquishes 17, 16 or 17 challengers, okay, that is our nominee, period. And if you don't like it, okay, you might not like it. Uh, and I fully, you know, that is your right to not like it. But don't call yourself a Republican now after you have been harping on this guy since the primaries through the election before he got seated and think that your criticisms now should be considered valid by, by other Republicans. I think it's a bogus argument. I think the people that go against the president who call themselves Republicans are basking in this warm glow that the left, you know, uh, basically shines on them. And if it were, if they were, if they were not, uh, if, if they were, if it was Reagan or if it was any other Republican, let me put it that way. If there's any other Republican president, the left would hate these people. So these people are being brought into the left's fold simply because they can be used as a hammer. Well, I, uh, I understand your point there, but uh, we draw these lines in the sand of us against them, uh, Republican, Democrat. And I think when, when are we going to get to the point where uh, we just want good leadership, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, and uh, support the individual because they're our elected yes. officials yeah and uh but i think the the president uh has not w- warranted that support but, right now in the, in this current situation I, I i have some real concerns i was joking earlier about some of the comments from yesterday but that's a real but, concern but these people like george will or george conway and and, and Ann navarro who call themselves republican they would have i don't think they understand that they have no credibility because they, they can't look at a camera and, and say, tell me one thing you like about President Trump that he's done well. And they won't do it. And they won't do it. And the idea that the president has not done anything positive is an absurd notion that doesn't show an, any intellectual uh, capacity because he has done some things right. Well, uh, I think that uh, when you list the pluses and the minuses, for for many that oppose them, the minuses are too heavy. Of course. So so there are more minuses for them than the positives that he has done. And I, I have a real concern uh, going forward uh, with with the country uh, of which direction we're going to go in the leadership. So, uh, you know, I I embrace our new ally 
maybe he's not brand new because he left in 2016 from the Republican Party, so he's been out there a while. Uh, he he's been on our side. Who? Will. Oh, I George said, Will? Yeah, George Will. So so he, I was gonna say him. he's been on the right side, but he's not on the right you side. You can have he's him. I'm sure the, the I'm sure the left likes him because right. he's he, he, he acts just as much as an elitist as as the people who interview him. All right, topic number two, no. Okay. So topic number two comes from the uh Harris County judge. The Harris County judge, um, whose name is Hidalgo, uh she was elected in twenty sixteen? Was 18. that it? 18? Was it, wasn't it, was 18? it 18? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she was elected in 2018. And uh, needless to say, because of her youth and some things that she said, she's come in for some criticism here and there. But this was a, this is a little different. I want to put, a, I want to put an angle on this that kind of hit me weird. Uh, if you read the ACLU's website, and the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, who typically uh, takes the position of the left side of the political spectrum, They talk about the bail system in America, and I'll quote from it. The money bail system has morphed into widespread wealth-based incarceration. Poorer Americans and people of color often can't afford to come up with money for bail, leaving them stuck in jail. Now, Sam, you and I can find a lot more to agree on how to address this than disagree, okay? Now, from the Texas Tribune, this is uh, yesterday. Harris County residents must cover their faces in public. This is, this is, they're explaining what uh, Judge Hidalgo ordered on Wednesday. Harris County residents must cover their faces in public. County Judge Lena Hidalgo ordered Wednesday in a move that was met with swift criticism by GOP officials who said the government mandate goes too far. Violations will be punishable by a fine of up to $1,000 and six months in jail. Well, how- <laughs> I, I, I agree. I thought that thousand dollar fine is r- ridiculous, uh, and and it will be a tax on poor people, and maybe poor people can't even afford to get the supplies. They don't have a contact in China that they could get mass moved over, uh, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, and uh, the mass they they have may be dirty or old. Uh, so what does a person do if they don't don't have it? I I, I do not agree with the the fine. I think I or do the agree six that, months in jail. I mean, the six come months on. in jail. Uh, I do agree that uh, we should have some kind of order of asking people to be have their face covered because it's not about just uh, uh, you individually. We have a a, a crisis in our country, yeah. and it is to stop you from uh, spitting or sneezing. And you don't realize that, you know, I didn't realize until I started watching some of these slow motion videos of how far droplets mm-hmm. uh, fall out of your mouth even when you're speaking. Uh, so, you know, we need to be cautious. If, if some of the individuals want to go back to work, uh, you know, I know people have bills to pay. But if you're going to be out in public, you need to have your face covered. I'm, I'm concerned about The hairdressers myself. of Houston are going to have lines out their doors. Well, you know... Uh, Someone told me the other day I'm looking like uh, Dr. Cornell West and I'm on my way to Frederick <laughs> Douglass because uh, my fro is about to grow. Yeah. I'm not going to the barbershop. Th- th- this is where I have found my advantage in society because I just take a pair of clippers into the garage every 10 days and there I go. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And I have some clippers at home. I could cut it if I wanted myself, but uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna see how how far this this can grow. See, I'm, bald I'm still has an advantage, Sam. Bald has an advantage in this environment. You so uh, I, I'm glad you agree with this, and, yep. and I, I want to go back to something we both agree on. But this uh, should be a else. meet in the middle moment about oh, this fine and six months in jail. Why would you put people? But in but jail? it dovetails off another meet in the middle moment. Follow the doctor's orders. You know, I, I'm not sure the judge this is even legal, and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to go there. But people, you know, should follow doctor's orders if you go out in public wear a mask yeah, yeah. i mean and, we have to wear a seatbelt in our cars fines are lower if you don't i mean and, there are rules in society that we accept so yeah. i think that this needs to be a, a rule for us to well that was legislation by. passed by the passed by the state but here but here's something really funny that that kind of goes into this i saw i saw a meme on facebook and it was uh two sides uh, you know they had two pictures and one was you know Three years ago, preppers could tell us they could stay in their bunker for six months, you know, without, you know, and they had all the food and water they needed, et cetera, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. Now those same people are out protesting that they need, you know, you can't keep them inside. Yeah. That, um, that, they, that they demand to be outside. Well, you know something, you have all that, you, you put all this money into this bunker, you know, yeah. here's the situation, you know, social distancing. How can you get any more social distancing than creating your own bunker? And now they're bitching about it. Hey, uh, that's an interesting point that I hadn't uh, thought about. But definitely, uh, Norm, if they say they all this time they they were uh, preparing for the end, and they have the bunkers uh, uh, supplied with enough food for years, you know, uh, shelf life for years. I don't know how that happens, but uh, marshmallows. And, yeah. and I'd, I'd be afraid to eat that <laughs> Twinkies. stuff. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and those protests though, uh, I don't know that it's on our list today, but I'm I'm concerned about those protests too. Uh, individuals uh, wanting to get back to work, I understand, but uh, I think it was in Michigan that they had all the streets blocked, uh, somewhere up north, and you know, um, emergency vehicles couldn't even get through the traffic. The, that's that's dangerous. The, the governor of Michigan really mishandled this. I mean, she somehow put in put in her order that you could not buy seeds to plant a garden. And so you would go into a store, and if they had a section with seeds, and I've seen the picture of this, they wrap it up in yellow tape saying, not for sale. So you can go in and buy diapers and milk and this and that and that. But if you want to stop on your way to the register and pick up some tomatoes and cucumbers you know, to plant, it, you'll get uh, arrested. So the, the stores aren't selling it to you. And then she did the unthinkable. She called abortion a, uh, a necessary, um, an essential service. Wow. And so that, you know. That pushed that, them over the edge. Yeah, that pushed the right over the edge. Yeah. So she wasn't real smart with that. Well, uh, I think uh, sometimes we can go to the extreme in, in some of the measure, measures, just like this thousand dollars fine or six months in jail i believe is is an extreme but i'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested to know your point of view of uh, the protest uh as a um i guess in comparison to one of your favorite football players how is his knee different than what they were doing in michigan they were exercising their right and he was exercising his right i know you don't feel it's a right for him he was an employee huh yeah, he didn't. There was no right involved. Now, if and the government didn't shut him and down. And he being Kaepernick, in, I want to go in, ahead and put in, that in name. Yeah, in Michigan, the government was shutting them down. Now, the First Amendment protects you from the government. It doesn't protect you from your employer. But to me, uh, the the individuals marching into Capitol buildings with rifles 
and uh, exercising their American uh, rights to protest have a real opposition to someone that did something so peaceful as simply kneeling and only for two or three minutes. Uh, they disrupted traffic. Uh, they're carrying weapons. I could not imagine if Black Lives Matter group showed up at the Capitol with uh, rifles and handguns. I'm sorry, did you see the Black Lives Matter riots in George in uh, Chicago? No, I don't, I don't remember them yeah, showing well, up with rifles. You, 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 well, they didn't show up with rifles, but they blocked traffic, they attacked cops, well, or had the government come in and said, you can't do that, they would have been violating his First Amendment rights. Well, maybe, maybe that is uh, uh, where we'll have a meet in the mill moment. The difference was the government. But I still think she, she needs to lock down the state, maybe not at the restrictions that she did. She just needs to the, do it wisely. Yeah. yeah. You know? Change, change some of the rules. Maybe it was too extreme. Yeah. Like I, I said, if you want to go out and lick doorknobs in public, be my guest. I'm going to follow what I think the doctors recommend for the best practices for yeah. me and my family. I saw a, a great meme about that. Uh, first isolations 24 uh, seven. So I don't know if you read that first isolations. No, 24 no. <laughs> seven. <laughs> That's a new scription. We're going to go by that. No. As for me and my house, we're going to stay at home. Yeah. First isolations 24 seven. You can rep uh, reference that later. From yesterday's edition of the Daily Beast, in late March, real estate investment firm Ashford Inc. was on the verge of financial ruin, but it had an ace in the hole, a pair of D.C. lobbying firms stacked with Trump fundraisers and White House alumni. A few weeks later, Ashford is now the top recipient nationwide of coronavirus relief aid from the $350 billion Paycheck Protection Act. And think back a few weeks when the House of Representatives directed $25 million from the Coronavirus Economic Relief Act to the Kennedy Center, who then laid off 700 staff. I think there's a great deal of abuse in this uh, relief effort. Uh, 90% of Americans agree that their access, that paid access to our elected officials, uh, how would I call it, is bad for our republic. Absolutely. So we we're going we're agreeing on this this point and I think like you said 90%. I think the, uh, yeah, 80 90%. So so the majority of individuals that's too much influence uh paid on, influence. Paid influence on our elected officials. I, I saw a meme somewhere where is if Exxon goes down anymore they're going to have to lay off their lobbyists. That was funny yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. But but this is uh, uh in, on a serious note though we have to do something about the influence of of the money because too often uh when this aid like this is coming down certain individuals or certain groups and companies because of their relationship with our uh, certain individuals, they end up getting a large chunk of the money from from this aid. Uh, several companies, I believe, have started to return the money. I think Ruth Chris sent theirs back. Harvard Harvard Steak, decided to shake back. Shake steak, yeah. shake and steak, steak and shake. So, so you think about. It, I think Ruth Chris had got twenty million dollars of aid. When you give that much to one company, think about all the small businesses that only needed fifty thousand to survive mm -hmm. or a hundred thousand. So, I mean, that's a lot. That's, that's hundreds of, uh, possibly hundreds of, uh, of businesses. When you calculate that 20 million, if you go down to 50,000, 
uh, 20 on a million and, and 20 times 2,400. So you could help 400 businesses at $50,000 grants uh, as opposed to one business with 20 million. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of small, as an example, the, the local cleaners that I go to, um, I was there two or three times a week. Uh, I went in uh, last week, uh, dropped something off and didn't even pick it up for a week. And just to look at the their uh, clothing hanging, it's half empty. And the lady there, they, they went down to cleaning two days a week. So their staff wasn't even coming in, but to clean two days a week. Yeah. So they used to have, you know, same day service. Uh, so it's uh, it, it affects people not going to work. They're not going to church. They're not going out to places where you have to have your clothes clean. And, and for me, uh, I've saved quite a bit not going to the cleaners. Uh, I've saved quite, quite a bit eating at home. You know, uh, we're cooking more at home uh, now. I have this this great uh, breakfast dog on the hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. Well, Spencer requested it the other day, so uh, that's a little tip. If you're at home, take a take a hot dog bun, scrambled eggs, uh, your choice of meat, bacon or sausage or something, and throw it in there with some toppings. It's a great recipe. A client gave it to me. A breakfast dog. I had never had one of those, but it's a it's a family favorite now. Uh, so, but 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 back to this the. The influence, uh, we agree here with this, is definitely, like we say, a meeting a, a, a middle moment. Yeah, Got to get money out of it. And um, on the last section in corner, in the in the black corner is Norman Papoose. The red uh, corner. Red corner. Oh, in the red corner. Very good. Uh, Norman Papoose. And in the, uh, I don't even want to call it the blue corner. I don't know what you say. In the opposite corner is the Galveston County Daily News. So people from all sides of the political spectrum aren't surprised when our media rejects expertise it deems unpalatable. Wait, wait, wait. So th- this is what I said. This is what Norman said. So may I? Well, actually, you go ahead and read yeah. what you, what the, so it's so, uh, from the horse's mouth, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, because I, I was very upset that people were saying that uh, Donald Trump somehow, you know, delayed and cost lives. And let me get, get go back. So, so this is Norman versus the Galveston County Daily News. Oh, no, no, uh, no. It's bigger background. than that. Look, look, well, this is what the title says. So, so you oh, can go ahead and explain it. Yeah. So, well, okay. So I write something in the Daily News, and this is what I said. Uh, people from all sides of the political spectrum, all sides, aren't surprised when our media rejects expertise it deems unpalatable. We've become accustomed to the fourth estate manipulating the flow of information by not reporting facts which don't fit their agenda. Uh, and, and that set off a gentleman named Dolph Tillotson. Now, Dolph Tillotson is chairman of Southern Newspapers, which has a lot of papers throughout Texas and Louisiana and Alabama. And uh, he, he was former editor of the Galveston Daily News, and he was, he was also my former neighbor. Um, he's a great guy. He and his wife are wonderful people, but he didn't like what I said. He didn't like that the me- you know, I was criticizing the media. So Now, Heber was the editor. I thought he was the publisher. Dolph was the publisher. Before Heber was the editor, it Dolph was Dolph. Was yeah. Okay. And so, um, so he wrote back. He wrote his own column. And I was very flattered that I could get the chairman of the Southern Newspapers to respond. Of course, he didn't like my take on it. And um, I'm, this is what he says in his first paragraph. The headline said, news organizations are largely to blame for it all. According to a guest column in the Daily News, it all 
is the coronavirus pandemic that has infected millions and as of today has killed well over 40,000 Americans. End quote. That is Dolph's opening to respond to my criticism of the mainstream media not you know, taking sides. Well, so he, he, he opens up with a headline and then implies that it all in the headline is the coronavirus. Well, here's the problem. I didn't write the headline. As a matter of fact, when you submit a column to the Daily News, you don't write your own headline. Their staff writes the headline for your column. So he's criticizing a headline I didn't write and then inferring something from the headline that his staff wrote. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about how um, the same message can be heard from Fox News, from Rush Limbaugh, other right-wing commentators, and uh, the Washington Times. And he talks about an anti-media conspiracy. Now, of course, when you talk about the word conspiracy, you're kind of labeling somebody as nutty, that their beliefs don't fit the facts. Um, you know, to well, there are some people that are nutty. There are, but you know, I would respond, you know, from from the words of uh, of uh, I can't remember his first name, but Hearst, who started Hearst newspapers, like the biggest newspaper guy in the world at one point in the twentieth century, who said, whose um, reporter reported back from Cuba, you know, there's no war down here, and he goes, look, you just you just give me the facts, I'll give you the war, and I probably got that quote wrong, but the point was, Hearst pushed America into a war. Okay, so the idea that the media takes sides or pushes their own agenda goes back over a hundred years, and he says that the uh, you know if one listens to Rush Limbaugh, the picture he draws is blah blah blah. Rush Limbaugh's not a journalist; he's not on the seven thirty news. You know, he's not on network news. You know, it, it's it, it's crazy. the The guy I took to task in my article was a guy named uh, Nicholas Kristof, okay? Nicholas Kristof is a Harvard-educated, Rhodes Scholar-educated journalist with two Pulitzer Prizes and the Anne Frank Award and the Dayton Literary Peace Prize. That's a journalist. And I thought his fact pattern, what he said, what he deduced from his fact pattern was absurd. And meanwhile, Dolph comes back and he goes on to talk about the widespread uh, audience of Fox News, of Rush Limbaugh, and how tiny the news uh, reach is of the New York Times in comparison. Well, that's not the point. The point is accuracy in media, and actually, truthfully, um, objectivity in media. They should be reporting the facts. You know? and, and there's something I think a lot of people can agree on. All this media that comes on Fox or MSNBC or CNN or ABC or anything else, they should distinguish between journalism and news and opinion makers, and they don't. But well, it's interesting that you talk about the facts. CNN has a, a CNN.com forward slash facts first. Look it up. Facts first. If we want to t- just talk about the facts, then we... Uh, no, need, to, well, need to agree with what are the facts. Yes, exactly. We do have to agree with what the facts are. But the problem with places like CNN and MSNBC and Fox News is that they choose the facts that fit. And so everything they have in there is a fact and everything they have is correct. But it's not all the facts. That, that argument could be made that if you're in a debate, uh, you don't give your opponent fuel. So you only you only give your point of view to support your argument. 
I would I would say you know that many individuals do that you know no oh, sure yeah. yeah so uh, but in a but, de- but, but in a debate you're arguing you're advocating news mm. should not be advocating they should be reporting facts dispassionately you have a point there they they should be reporting the facts independently of their personal feelings and by the uh, way my i have my letter my response is a letter to the editor there will probably be in the uh, daily news this weekend well we look forward look forward to seeing that see uh, uh one blow landed by norman uh, i i agree when the uh when when Dolph came back that the headline was written by the paper so that wasn't your headline because i know i write guest columns too and i mm-hmm. never make my own headline uh, and it all we uh, learned quickly that even if you give them a headline, they don't use it. Yeah, and you, and you, your point about people from all sides of the political spectrum, uh, you made that that point in there. Now, I do think uh, the scale is a little bit weighted to your point of view, uh, because I I think some of the things in the timeline uh, that the uh, Times writer was writing about, I I kind of agree with some things that the president made some missteps. Uh, I know many of his supporters thinks that he has done a great job, but uh, and I probably shouldn't be giving this advice, <laughs> but the president needs to step away from the mic. Uh, I think the more he speaks, he's he's sinking in quicksand. And I thought about a story I heard years ago that uh, uh, about a lifeguard. Uh, someone was uh, drowning in a lake or something and he was having trouble and everybody was screaming save him save him and uh, the guy just laid there on the on the side of the the lake uh, uh, on the beach there and wouldn't go out to save him and everybody was getting upset he's drowning he's drowning and then finally after the person went down kind of one last time the guy jumps up runs out there uh, jumps in the water swims over to get him pulls him to safety and they say well you know he could have drowned. Why did you wait? Well, the lifeguard explained that if I went out there early, he had too much strength and he would have been fighting against me. So I had to let him wear himself out. So I think what uh, opponents of the president are doing is just letting him wear himself out. And unlike most individuals that may that oppose the president may say, well, just let him drown. I think we're all Americans and, and uh, you know, our, uh, the Democratic uh, candidate is going to go out there and, and save the president and bring mm-hmm. him ashore in November. Uh, and then in January, he'll be on the shore saying, you know, we had, we had to save him, but we had to let him wear himself out. I think they're giving him enough rope to let him just keep talking. Uh, and but and that's to his that's, detriment. That's going to be the Republican uh, plan too with Biden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, he has to just right now. If he steps back and doesn't say much, I think the president is, uh, you know, really creating his own worse uh, advertisement by speaking every day. Just let the doctors, you know, come out, introduce the experts, the doctors, the professionals. Let them tell us what to do to be safe and get out of the way. But he's so intoxicated by the lights and the camera that he won't do it. He will not step away. Well, I can't agree with 100% of what you say, but I definitely think there are words of wisdom in a lot of what you say. Um, and I, you, know, you and I were speaking last night, and you know, it finally struck me that when you get politicians up at that dais and they're speaking to, to reporters, 
Um, those politicians have been trained over the years to consult with staff or trusted advisors. And, and, they tra- and the successful ones stick to script. Well, a successful businessman, you know, really the only advisors that they, you know, somebody of, of this success of multi-billions, um, they listen to lawyers. You know, if a lawyer steps in, typically they'll step back. Other than that, their word, you know, carries the, the, the weight of law in their organization. And I think, you know, that is where uh, he, he, he is, needs a filter that he's never had before. He definitely needs a filter. I mean, the idea to put his names on checks going out to individuals, that's just not right, man. Uh, it's not his money. It's not his check. It's the people's money. It's the public's money. Uh, and, you know, there are some other issues we could talk about, about how much money's going out. But to delay that, to have the uh, U.S. Treasury have to change the wording on the check so individuals yeah, can see y- that. Yeah, but you don't want to talk about delaying payments when Nancy yeah. Pelosi's you know, showing everybody her $24,000 refrigerator with $13 pint ice creams in her freezer. Yeah, that's yeah. bad too. <laughs> that, uh, we can agree that there's uh, uh, individuals on, on both sides that have uh, uh, taken advantage of their positions and, and wasted a great deal of money. I think we need to come up with better solutions uh, than what we have right now going forward. I mean, every everybody needs to come together. I heard a, a restaurant owner saying the other day, I think it was last night, about feeding America and what needs to be done. We really need to, we have resources, underutilized assets and resources that we could put people back to work and get people fed because this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to feed ourselves. We need to be able to provide our own medicine. We need to be able to provide our own personal protective uh, gear. Uh, equipment. Uh, so these are things that uh, we could we could possibly put people to work doing in in these different plants. And while while we're down, but we're going to have to figure out something because the the food lines are getting longer and longer. There's going to be a a food truck in Lamarck, Texas tomorrow. I, I don't have the address. I'll try to put it up on our website. There was one in Galveston at Moody Gardens, and I received a call earlier that the that the line was just uh, the the amount of cars and people that are lined up to get assistance see, is really, really I, I'm agreeing with you, but this all also goes back to the fact that we need to open up the economy because you can't, you know, the, the delivery of food goes, you know, affects a lot of things. You know, you have the farmer, you have the farmer's helpers, you have the maintenance people that work on the farmer's equipment, you have the transportation, uh, you have, you know, the, uh, the, the gas stations got to get open. Um, you know, if, if there's a question of insurance, you know, people have to, you know, call up. Um, you know the, the banks so I, I agree with what you're saying but that can't be accomplished unless you know we loosen the restrictions following the best doctor's uh, advice but we got to loosen the restrictions in order to get these um, uh, distribution channels opened up the way they need to be well uh, again to our listening audience be safe out there uh, I want to remind you to uh, uh, Go online to the uh, 2020 census and complete that. Everybody needs to be counted. Uh, it only takes about five minutes. Uh, I think the response rate now is uh, under 50% online. If you complete it online, the census takers do not have to come to your house. That's right. You should right. have got something in the mail uh, with an uh, a individual code yeah, or number. And just Google it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just go, even if you don't have the code or number, you still can go online and, and put in your address in, in and re, uh, go ahead and record your 
your family and your numbers because somewhere in the future uh, one this is going to be important over the next 10 years but you know the important thing uh, for me I do a lot of research and I go back and look at census records Mm -hmm. and information that's there about my ancestors and it's just amazing the amount of stuff that's going to be that's that's available online and somebody you have a descendant in the future that's going to be looking to see where were you in 2020 Uh, so that's it for this week Uh, y'all be safe closing comments from uh, Norman go out there you know this is this is Sam go out there and 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 try to find a way to agree and I'll let the last words be uh, from 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 the champ uh, Uh, Norman Papoose well I say follow doctor's recommendations you know cherish this time with your family and please visit us on facebook our facebook page shows a lot of really great uh articles that we uh aggregate every morning from around the world and uh, I, I think you'll really like what, what's going on on our facebook page and uh have a safe weekend everybody